All right, this is message number 10 in our series. We're in the book of 1 John. If you have a Bible and you're not there, go ahead and turn there. But we're talking about vital signs. That's the whole theme of this book of 1 John. We're studying the indicators that show we have eternal life. The indicators that show you have physical life are your physical vital signs, like your breathing and your pulse. But what are the indicators that show you have spiritual life? Well, those would be spiritual vital signs. And so far, we've studied nine of the 13 that there are revealed in the book of 1 John. The whole theme verse for 1 John is there in 1 John 5.13. Do you see it there in your outlines? Let's go ahead and read it out loud. Can we do that? God's Word together, starting with, I write these things. Let's, let's read that out loud. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. You know, John wrote that near the end of the book. He says, this whole book, I write these things to you so that you as a believer may know you have eternal life. Do you know, if you were to die today, that you go to heaven? Do you know you have eternal life? The whole book of 1 John was written so you would know that. So you would have 13 reasons why you would know you have eternal life. Because these indicators spiritually are true in your life. You see, the Bible says when you believe on Jesus, these indicators, beep, 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 they start showing up immediately. Well, we've studied nine so far. We've looked at the indicator of fellowship. All believers who have eternal life experience fellowship with God and other believers. Walking in the light. Christ-likeness. All believers, if they have eternal life, look like Jesus to a degree. Spiritual growth. All believers, if they have eternal life, grow spiritually. There's no such thing as a person who has eternal life that doesn't grow spiritually. That would show they're not spiritually alive. Loving not the world. All believers who have eternal life with them have this anti-love for the evil system of this world, the Holy Spirit's anointing. All Christians experience the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. There's no such thing as a Christian who does not have the presence of the Holy Spirit alive in their life. Beep, beep, it's going, that is an experience and a reality. A purifying hope. All Christians possess a hope that purifies. Doing what is right. All Christians grow more and more in doing what is right and less and less in doing what is wrong. Loving like Jesus. We looked at that last Sunday. All Christians love like Jesus to a degree. Now this morning we come to vital sign number 10. It sounds really strange. Testing the spirits. Repeat that after me. Testing the spirits. So the question here, how do you know you possess eternal life? And the answer is you will be testing the spirits to see if they are of God. There's no such thing as a Christian who demonstrates zero percentage of the testing of the spirits to see if they are of God. If you're a Christian, watch this, you're doing this all the time. Now, some of us, you may have never thought about this before, but instinctively you are doing this all the time because you have eternal life, because the Holy Spirit lives within you. And after we do our teaching this morning, you're going to go, ah, you're right. I do test the spirits all the time. You're right. Pastor, this is my life. But if at the end of this message you're going, I don't even know what you're talking about, that would say you don't have eternal life. You may be a religious person, 
but you are not born again by the Spirit of God because people who are born again by the Spirit of God who have eternal life, they are testing the spirits all of the time. See, at salvation we receive as part of the eternal life package, which is a quality of life as well as a quantity of life, eternal life is, well, you'll live forever with God, but it's also a qualitative change that happens in your life. The Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, and He guides us into all truth. Now, 1 John, or John 16, 13 on your outline says, but when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. So this idea of the testing of the spirits has to do with being guided internally into all truth. Now, I've given you a definition, and it's this. Testing the spirits is the spiritual act of discerning if a teacher or teaching is from God or not. You are doing this all the time if you have eternal life. Let's read about this. We're going to explain it this morning, and this will be fascinating because this is a fascinating passage of Scripture. 1 John 4, 1 through 6. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and now already is in the world. You, dear children, are from God and overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. And whoever knows God listens to us, but who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Now, this morning, this is really a cool scripture. I can't wait to get into it. What we're going to do is we're going to look at three reasons why Christians test the spirits. If you're a Christian, born again, eternal life is real within you, spiritual life is genuine, you will be testing the spirits. And there's three reasons why. Number one, we test the spirits because we are warned that not every spirit or teaching is of God. You see, God has given us His Holy Spirit, but there are other spirits active in this world. And if you're a Christian, you understand that. Now, let me explain something that will help you immensely to understand this passage. The Bible teaches that every teacher, every person speaks or teaches from a spirit. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Now, we could read this scripture this way, and this will help you out. Dear friends, do not believe every teacher, but test the teachers to see whether they are from God. Right now, for example, I am speaking, I am teaching, but behind my teaching is a spirit. We are body, soul, and spirit. Think about that. When you speak, where does that speaking come from? It's spiritually driven. Behind every person talking, speaking, teaching, whether they're a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker, a professor, a pastor, a politician, it does not matter. There is a spirit. And the spirit, watch this, is either holy, a holy spirit, or there is an evil spirit. And it's only one or the other. If you're a Christian, your words are inspired by the Holy Spirit. If you're not a Christian, your words are not inspired by the Holy Spirit. 
There's another spirit at work. A teacher is simply a mouthpiece of some spirit, either good or evil, either God or ultimately of the devil. Wow. Behind every false teacher is an evil spirit. And watch this. Most false teachers are absolutely unaware of this. They think that they're teaching out of their intellectual attainment. Yet unconsciously, they're being guided, really misguided by an evil spirit called in the Bible a demon. Now, many passages in the Bible talks about this truth. I mean, it's all over the Bible. I'm going to take you to one that's very fascinating and interesting. So take your Bible, go all the way back to the Old Testament, and go to 1 Kings. 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles. There you go. Find 1 Kings, and this is a very interesting scripture. And here we are in this scripture, and it's talking to us about a prophet. Actually, the prophet is describing uh, a moment where he's prophesying about King Ahab and King Ahab's death. And Micaiah, the prophet, is talking about how Ahab's going to die. But he takes us, Micaiah does, into a scene which is taking place in heaven. And these verses, as we read them, are describing this dramatic background or conversation of what's being discussed in heaven. Watch this, between God, Satan, and demons that would eventually lead to Ahab's death. Now, this is kind of hard to capture, but I need to paint for you the reality. The Bible teaches that right now in heaven, where God is, right, seated on the throne, Jesus seated at his right hand, Satan has access to God's throne. Demons also have access to God's throne. In the book of Revelation, Satan one day will be cast down to earth. Well, he, be, he will be banned from that opportunity. But right now, he has access into the throne of God. Satan does. Now, now, we pick it up in verse chapter 22 and verse 19, and just follow this. Micaiah continued, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. So picture God on his throne with all the host of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left. So there's angels on his right and left, and demons are in there as well. And the Lord said, he asked a question, who will entice Ahab into attacking Ramoth Gilead and going to his death? God decreed that Ahab was going to die. Well, one suggested this. This is a demon. He says, this, I got a plan. Another, that. Finally, a spirit came forward. Most scholars believe that spirit is Satan. And he came forward and he stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. By what means, the Lord asked. I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. I, as a demon, will be the spirit in that prophet speaking. And God said, you will succeed in enticing him. And the Lord said, go and do it. So now the Lord, sovereignly, has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these false prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. Very interesting scripture. But this is just one of many where the spirit behind the false teacher or false prophet is a lying spirit from Satan or his demons. So here's the principle that you just need to understand. Behind every human teacher who teaches false doctrine, you always find demons and ultimately Satan. 
Now, again, all through Scripture we see this. Matthew 7, 15, I've given it to you in your notes. Watch out for false prophets. They will come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, that is, in their spirit, they're ferocious wolves. Watch out. False teachers. There's a spirit at work there. Even Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. In other words, our struggle is not a physical battle flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Rulers, authorities, and powers are levels of demonic beings in this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil. That's a, that's a demonic being. I, I think I shared with you maybe at one time, the first funeral I had ever done in my ministry was when I was just a young guy, 21 years old, and it was for a friend of mine, his name was John, who was possessed by at least five demons. Say, so how do you know that? I had very interesting conversations with John. And one day he threw himself out of a hotel 14 stories to his death. First funeral I did, welcome to the ministry. But John would describe for me his communication with the demons that lived within him, that possessed him. He would see demons. He would describe for me. Literally, as I'm with him, he would describe for me demons that he would see. He would talk about, he, he would go and do an area publicly. His demons would pick fights with other demons. And he knew nothing about the Bible, but the description that he would give of the spiritual battles that he would see was so biblical, it was just right, right out of the Bible. What I'm trying to share with you is this. <laughs> the spiritual world is incredibly real. If you believe in God, you must believe also in demons because God says, they are real. And the whole book of 1 John is saying, why is it important you test the spirits? Because the first reason, guess what? Everyone speaks from a spirit, either the Holy Spirit or an evil spirit. Uh, look at 1 Timothy 4, 1-2. The Spirit clearly says in the latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through people, hypocritical liars, unbelievers, whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They don't know they're speaking demonic-inspired words, but we should know that as Christians, we who are discerning of false teaching especially, knowing the origin of it is Satan and his demons. So John's point here in 1 John, if we go back there, chapter 4, verse 1, why do we test the spirits? Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, every teacher. Test them to see whether they are from God or not. Not every spirit, not every teacher is from God. In other words, believers should have a very healthy skepticism regarding any teacher or teaching making sure it is of God. And sometimes we are way too naive too gullible, and this can lead to absolutely tragic consequences, and we see them played out, played out every day. I mean, extreme would be Jonestown and what took place there, but we have much more subtle pockets of cults, and, and even the church is filled today with false prophets and false teachers that are not teaching from God. It's not holy inspired teaching. It's demonic. Bible says, Test everything. Hold on to the good. By the way, the command to test the spirits there in 1 John 4.1, the word test is dokitsumo, and it's, it's, it's a metal worker's term used to, for assessing 
a medal to determine its purity. We are called to assess teachers to determine their purity. I like what Acts 17.11 says, Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the Scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. I love it that you guys have your Bibles right now. You should constantly be assessing if what Mark is teaching is true. That is, just doing that or whatever teacher you're listening to on the radio or whatever, you're assessing. The fact that you're assessing tells me you have eternal life. You're not gullible because you realize that people speak out of a spirit. Why don't we test the spirits? Because we are warned that not every spirit is of God. Second reason we te- test the spirits, we test the spirits because many false prophets are in the world. That's what verse 1 says. But test the spirits to see whether they are of God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Wow. False prophets and false teachers are all around us. All around us. They're in universities. They're in books. They're on TV. They're in magazines. They're in churches. John's churches in Asia Minor were struggling with false teachers. They were known as Gnostics and Docetists. They denied that Jesus had come in the flesh. Jesus warned us about the false teachers and prophets that would arise, especially in the last days. Matthew 24, 24, for false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. Paul warns us about false prophets and teachers. Acts 20, maybe we'll just look at that real quick. Acts 20, just so I don't think you necessarily need to be, you know, told that there are false prophets and teachers today, but just so you see that Scripture warns us about this. Acts 20, verse 28, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Then Paul said, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you. Among you, that's within the church, and not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise to distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. We've had all sorts of false teachers try to arise at neighborhood church at Three Crosses. We weed them out. They don't last very long. They never get to a position of prominence. But that's something we're called to guard as pastors, as shepherds, you know, the church, so that the teaching remains pure. Be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stop warning each of you night and day with tears. You can read about false teachers in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, and verses 17 to 19, where I'm looking at the clock, and, uh, but that's also another warning. So why is it that as Christians, those with eternal life, we test the spirits? Because not every teacher is of God, and also many false prophets are in the world today. Now, let me give you the third reason. It's this, and this is really the heart of the whole passage. We test the spirits because God has told us how. He's told us how. Testing the spirits or discerning if a teacher or teaching is of God, it's not rocket science. It's not a difficult thing to do. It doesn't take a degree. And you are doing this all of the time. It is very simple. The Holy Spirit is leading you into this all the time if you're a Christian. And John, in the remainder of our passage this morning, gives us three simple tests or three ways that we can evaluate and know with absolute certainty 
if a teaching or a teacher is of God, if that teacher, as they speak, is inspired by the Holy Spirit, the the Holy Spirit is behind that teaching. So three tests that reveal if a teacher is of God. Number one is the doctrinal test. Does the teacher, here's the question, acknowledge that Jesus is God in human flesh? I mean, this is a very simple test. It's not difficult. It's very basic and, you know, core. It's just the doctrinal test. And this will tell you every single time if a teacher is from God or not. Now, 1 John 4, and look at verses 2 and 3. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. This is the test. This is how you know if the Spirit of God is teaching. Every spirit or every teacher that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, Jesus, God in human flesh, if, if they teach that, that is of God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus as come in the flesh is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist against Christ, which you have heard is coming and now already is in the world. Now, both the few, full humanity and the full deity of Jesus must be, teached by, must be taught by a teacher if that teaching is to be of God. The Bible and the Holy Spirit testifies about the true nature of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is 100% God and 100% man confined within a body. That's who Jesus is. And Satan and his forces seek to distort and deny the true nature of Jesus Christ all the time. That's the core issue of the gospel. If Jesus is not 100% God and 100% man, then his death on the cross means absolutely zero. Zero. Because if he's not 100% God, what good is his death? It doesn't purify us from all sins. He was just a man. If he's not 100% man, what good is his death? He's not your substitute because he can't relate to you. He has to be 100% both. And let me tell you, false teachers attack this issue all the time, everywhere. All you need to do as a Christian is discern, does this teacher believe that Jesus is 100% God, 100% man? If yes, that is the baseline, the foundation to understand that that teacher is of God. The spirit behind that teacher is the Holy Spirit. It's a simple test that can be applied to any teacher. Does this teacher acknowledge, confess, Jesus is God in human flesh? If yes, they're of God, the teaching is backed by the Holy Spirit. If no, they're not of God, the teaching is not backed by the Holy Spirit. There's an evil spirit behind that. So let's apply this test, shall we? For example, what does Jehovah's Witness teach about Jesus? They teach Jesus is none other than Michael the archangel. He was not raised in the flesh, but only with a spiritual body. Jesus is a created being. He had a moment in which he came into being. Jesus is not God in human flesh. What spirit do you think is behind Jehovah's Witness? I mean, just be discerning. What about uh, Christian science? What do they teach? Jesus was a man upon whom the Spirit of God came at his baptism, but left the Spirit of God, left Jesus before he died on the cross. Jesus is not God in human flesh. What does Mormonism teach about Jesus? 
They teach Jesus originally was one of the spirit beings, one of millions of spirit beings that all human beings used to be. He became a God and came to show us how we might become God someday. Jesus is not God in human flesh. What does Scientology teach about Jesus? Jesus is a great teacher, not God in human flesh. What does Hinduism teach us about Jesus? Jesus is an incarnation of God, Akinda Krishna, or a wise man. What about Islam? What do they teach about Jesus? Jesus is a prophet sent by God, but superseded by Muhammad. Muhammad is greater than Jesus. Certainly, Jesus is not God in human flesh. To anyone in Islam, that would be blasphemy. What does Buddhism teach about Jesus? Jesus was a wise and enlightened man who taught similar things like Buddha taught. You know, one of the things that I just share with you a little bit on the side would be this. I mean, the conclusion you'd make if you've never made this before, all religions and cults are not the same. As a pastor, it sometimes drives me a little bit crazy when I hear people make the conclusion Well, all religion and cults are basically just all the same. You know, spokes and a wheel, all leads to God, you know. People who say all religions and cults are just, you know, even religions and cults don't say that. Why do you think there are different religions and cults? Because they all have different beliefs. They're all different. So please don't ever say that all religions are the same. You are just displaying your ignorance. You are, that is such a, a statement where you're deceived by the enemy to get you to think all religions and cults are the same. They're not in any way the same. That's why there are different names. Every religion and cult in its core is absolutely exclusive in its teaching, especially about what they teach regarding Jesus. That defines who they are. And also, when they define what they teach about Jesus, that should be a complete you know, red flag for you because that is sharing with you the spirit behind which that organization exists. I mean, right away, if they don't believe and teach that Jesus is God in human flesh, right away you know, you should know, this is not of the Lord. This is not you know, a Holy Spirit behind that movement. What's the point in all this? We need to be discerning. We should be discerning. If a teacher or teaching or an organization does not acknowledge that Jesus is God in human flesh, what is that saying about the spirit behind those teachers, behind that teaching, behind that organization? Look at verse 3, if you would. Again, it says this, But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and now is already in the world. So how do we know if a teacher or teaching is of God? Put it to the test. The first test is simply the doctrinal test. Does the teacher acknowledge that Jesus is God in human flesh? What's the second test? And you do this all the time. I mean, that first test, you do this instinctively. Second test is this, the popularity test. Does the teacher have the world listening to and agreeing with them? Wow. God has made it simple. Beware when the world embraces and applauds And everyone's enjoying the teaching of a particular man or woman. I mean, when the world is like applauding their teaching, run. Run. 
Jesus said this, Luke 6, 4, Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. Now I want you to notice how John contrasts the children of God with the children of this world. Look at verse 4. You, dear children, are from God. You, dear ch- you're from God. You're believers. You have eternal life. And have overcome them. Who's the them? The Antichrist or the false teachers. You have overcome them, these false teachers. Because the one who is in you, that's the Holy Spirit, is greater than the one, that Satan or demons, who's in the world. I mean, what a great statement. We've overcome them. Isn't that great? We, we need to be aware of false teachers and demons and Satan, but not afraid. We've overcome that system. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We are overcomers. We're going to talk about that later in another message, what that really means. But look if you would at verse 5, the contrast. They are from the world, speaking about these false teachers. They're unbelievers. They're from the world. And therefore, speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world, what does it say? Listens to them. You see, a false teacher will have the world listening to them. Why? Because they speak from a worldly viewpoint, of worldly perspective. So it's so easy to spot a false teacher. The world likes them. They're popular with the world. When a false teacher or a false prophet teaches, the world listens to them, agrees with them, says amen to them. Even in Revelation 12.9, this statement is powerful, speaking about Satan during the Great Tribulation. This is what the Bible says. He leads the whole world astray. The whole world is going to be led astray by the Antichrist during the Great Tribulation. That is what Satan does. He comes within a man, a false teacher or a false prophet, and the whole world is led astray and applauds and worships them as some inspirational, motivational teacher, and they love and embrace their message. That's how you know a false prophet. If the world is listening to my preaching and agreeing with Mark and liking Mark and loving Mark, guess what? I am a false prophet. I am. As far as I know, not many non-Christians buy my DVDs and listen to my sermons online. I think the reason for that is probably they don't know I exist, number one. And if they did, my feel is that they would listen to me and their spirit would recoil from what they're hearing because they'd be convicted by the Word of God and they would hear that Jesus is God in human flesh which would cause their flesh to crawl and they would run from the truth. Remember, darkness runs from the lights. So if the world is embracing, the world I'm speaking about, a non-Christian, people who are unredeemed, is running to a teacher and embracing that teacher, that is a tremendous indication that the spirit behind that teacher is not of God. Hmm. Listen to the warning from Paul. Take your Bibles, turn back a little bit, go to 2 Timothy. Because this is what God describes as going to take place in the last days. This is what, and we're in the last days. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 is uh, something directed to pastors. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. How do you preach the word? Well, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Why? Verse 3, for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine... 
Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. You think we're living in the last days or what? Hmm. How do we discern if a teacher is of God? Look at the audience. Test number two, look who's listening. Put a teacher to the popularity test. Does the teacher have the world listening to them and agreeing with them, applauding them? Wow. There's the doctrinal test. There's the popularity test. Test number three, to discern if a teaching is of God, is the Bible test. And it's this question, does the teacher reject true teaching and teachers? Now, let me kind of explain that. Notice again how John presents a contrast to make a point. First John chapter 4, and look at verse 6, the beginning. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. So we're from God. We are those with eternal life. We've been born again. And whoever knows God, that is, whoever has a relationship with God who also has eternal life, listens to us. See, when you know God, you listen to a true teacher, and your spirit resonates with their teaching and their spirit. And I believe this is happening with you right now. You are witnessing and embracing this teaching. You're hanging on every word. There's a, there's a, a beautiful unity with us this morning. You're hearing God's word and you're saying yes in your spirit. Spiritually, there's a spiritual work going on right now. The Holy Spirit is just encouraging you and you're going, this is the truth. Yeah, preach it, Mark. This is good. This, this corresponds with the Bible. This is of God. And the Holy Spirit is affirming what you're hearing. And this is the dynamic that's going on right now. That's you. But how do you know if someone's a false teacher? Look if you would at verse 6. It says, we are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God, if you've got someone who's a false teacher and they're not born of God, they will not listen to us, that is, a true teacher. You see, a false teacher will not hang around a true teacher or true teaching. A false teacher will dismiss and distance himself from a true teacher or true teaching. Ultimately, a false teacher is out to dismiss the source of true teaching, which is the Bible, and ultimately behind the Bible is God. How do you spot a false teacher? Look at their relationships. Look at who they're hanging out with. Are they hanging out with godly men or women that believe the Bible, that trust the Bible? Are there close friends, men and women, who teach the Bible? Do they look to the Bible and use the Bible? Do they even use the Bible when they teach? Do they open the Bible when they teach? We have churches, unfortunately, all over the United States that never even opened this book on a Sunday morning. I know you're not used to that. This is all we teach here, the Bible. But if you've ever been to some other churches, thousands of churches do not teach this. Hmm. When someone does use the Bible, do they interpret it correctly? Do they teach it verse by verse within context that's called expositional teaching like we do here at Three Crosses? 
I mean, if someone is not teaching the Bible verse by verse, that is a huge sign, a red flag to be a little concerning regarding their teaching. When a teacher teaches, does that teacher add or take away from Scripture? I mean, these are some of the things I know you instinctively are discerning about a teacher. I mean, I think about, man, the ultimate warning. Oh, my gosh. In, In Revelation 22, you've seen this before. Verse 18, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. If anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. One of my prayers that I pray, I did for this message as well. I said, Lord, help me never to take away from the Word of God. Help me never to add to the Word of God. Sometimes it's very hard for me to teach the fullness of the... Sometimes I I, want to skip a phrase. I'll be honest with you. But the Holy Spirit says, Mark, it is your job to teach the truth, and one day I'll have to stand before God for how I have interpreted, how I preach the Word of God, and I just... And pray for me. I pray every time. It's Spurgeon said, you think it's easy to preach? He said, just get behind a pulpit if you think it's easy to preach. To bring the Word of God to God's people is something I take with incredible seriousness. And my prayer is always, Lord, help me never to add. Help me not to take away, O oh God. Help me. That's a true teacher. Their, their spirit is, oh Lord, so dependent on this, the Word of God. Hmm. How do we know if a teacher or a teaching of his God put them to the test? Test number three, the Bible test. Does the teacher reject true teaching, the Bible, and true teachers, teachers who teach from the Bible? Wow, that's a great sign. How do we discern if a teaching or a teaching of his God, you put them to the test? We've given you three tests. The doctrinal test, does the teacher acknowledge that Jesus is God in human flesh? The popularity test, does the teacher have the world, everyone listening to them and agreeing with them? And the Bible test, does the teacher reject true teaching, the Bible, and true teachers, those who teach the Bible? Let's talk about this. I've done a lot of talking. Let's set you free at your tables. I'd like you to talk about these tests right now. Which of the three tests do you find most helpful in your life for discerning if a teacher is of God or not. Take a moment. Talk about that. Okay. Well, this morning, we've looked at the 10th final sign. And hopefully this is kind of resonating with your spirit. This is a vital sign of eternal life. The testing of the spirits. You say, Mark, is this a practical thing for me as a Christian? It really is because everyone you talk to is talking from a spirit, a Holy Spirit, or ultimately, a non-Holy Spirit. And I know in a crowd this size, and if you're watching on video, the enemy is very cunning, and he seeks to invade your life with a false teacher. Sometimes it can be a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That false teacher can take on many different forms, speaking to you lies. It could be some relationship. Years ago, this was one of the most bizarre moments I've had on the mission field. I was in Thailand probably seven, eight years ago, and I was preparing to preach in an outdoor uh, outreach setting with 
hundreds of Thai uh, men and women. And the pastor was to uh, introduce me and then have me come up, and I knew the order of service. And he went up, and unbeknownst to me, he invited someone from our group, he said, to come up and sing a song. And I'm like, there's no one from our group that sings. (laughs) And this guy comes out of the shadows with the guitar, and I'd never seen him before. And he gets up with the mic and the spotlight on him, and I'm like, who is this guy? And he starts singing in English a song about Satan. I mean, it was flat-out demonic. Of course, the entire community, as well as the pastor, he understood broken English, so he couldn't understand all the words. I knew everything that that guy was singing and why he was doing it. And immediately, I went to prayer. And uh, it was very awkward when we, he walked off stage and I walked on. You don't want to know what I felt like doing. I avoided that, and I went out and I just preached. And people came to Jesus that, that night. But afterwards, I, I went to the pastor, and it was Bao Zhi. And I said, Bao Zhi, I go, why did you invite that guy up? He goes, well, he told me he was from your group. He came up to me with his guitar and said, I, I'm here to sing my song. And I go, I've never seen that guy before. And furthermore, I go, he was not singing about God. But you know, there may be someone in your life trying to invade your life. And you have to be careful. As Christians, we're called to be testing the spirits all the time. And it's my prayer that now on your radar, there there is a detector that's maybe now more on hyper alert than ever before. That's part of what it means to have eternal life. This isn't something like you add in your own power. This is something the Holy Spirit brings about naturally because you have eternal life. How do we know we possess eternal life? You're going to find yourself testing the spirits to see whether they're of God or not all the time. And this comes because God is alive in your life. Does this mean that every Christian will always perfectly be discerning about false teaching? No. But it does mean that a degree of discernment spiritually is present in your life. To tell the difference between something that's false and of the the enemy and something that's true and of God. If you don't possess that type of spiritual discernment, you have to question, are you born again by the Spirit of God? Because God puts that there. It certainly grows, this capacity to be more discerning as you get to know what the Bible says. But nevertheless, it's called a baloney detector. Are you following me? It's called a truth detector. This is given freely to all Christians who have spiritual life. They're able to tell when something's baloney or something is true. That's an indicator of eternal life. You know, take your Bibles and just flip here. Go to 1 Corinthians 2. We've got a couple more minutes. And I just want to just give you a scripture here that maybe you've never seen before. And again, this is a great contrast that really just nails this whole thing down. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, this is describing, verse 12 does, a Christian, someone who has eternal life. We have not received, this is a believer, the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. We have the Holy Spirit. Well, what's the result? What happens when you have the Holy Spirit that we may understand 
what God has freely given us. See, the Holy Spirit is in your life to give you understanding about what is true and what is in the Bible. Now, go down to verse 14. The man without the Spirit, that's a non-Christian, doesn't have eternal life, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Have you ever bumped into a person who's not a Christian, tried to explain the Bible, and they're going, that's, that's foolishness. Why are they saying that? They don't have the Holy Spirit. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. This book will only make sense to someone who's born again by the Spirit of God. Otherwise, if you're a non-believer, you're going to read and go, that's, that's foolish. You're kidding me. That's, that's crazy. It's not going to make sense. What I'm trying to share with you is off the chart, there should be in your life, beep, 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 this indicator of discerning of the spirits, the baloney detector is going off. The truth detector is going off. If you don't have a baloney and a truth detector, do you know Jesus? I, I love you enough to just say, this is what it means to have eternal life. The Bible says, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. So this is a, a pass-fail moment in your life. Do you have spiritual discernment? Or is this foolish? No, I don't even know what you're talking about, Pastor. Well, if it doesn't resonate, God loves you so much. He wants to give you eternal life. And he'll put within you a baloney detector and a truth detector. And you'll be able to discern, test the spirits to see whether they're of God. That's one of the indicators of eternal life. Does that make sense? Let's pray.